Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. Today we're in the book of Joshua, chapter 24, and we are going to begin today in verse 14. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your word would be illuminated by your Holy Spirit. Let it direct our path. Let it direct our steps. And we thank you for victory today in every area of our lives. We give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Now, verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Now, this is Joshua directing the people of Israel to live for the Lord and to completely give their hearts over to him. Verse 15, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua, when he is saying my house, he is referring to the tribe that he is from, the tribe of Ephraim. And he's saying, we're going to serve the Lord. That is our decision. That's our dedication. I don't know about the rest of you. I know what you're supposed to do, but it comes down to a choice you have to make. Praise the Lord. And my friends, this is why we are different from animals or anything else that God created uh, within the earth or within the universe. We as humans have the ability to choose. You know, a tadpole doesn't have a, a free will or choice. A tadpole is going to become a frog whether he wants to or not. He's going to move on and become a frog. Same with the caterpillar. It's a lowly creature but it's going to move on into a different stage or phase of its life, and it's going to become a butterfly and fly around and have beautiful wings. And that's just something that he doesn't have to make that choice. It's just going to happen. But with us, as God's creation, we have the ability to make choices. And that most important choice is who are we going to serve? And I know I'm talking today to a people that your heart is to fully serve the Lord. So today we want to take uh, a look at this tremendous blessing uh, that God has given us. He's given every human, which is the ability to choose and to do the right thing. Woo! Praise God. This is very, very powerful. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30, drop down to verse 15, and we see what took previously when Moses was on the scene, and we see that there is a choice offered, but the choice is framed within the context of a commandment to make the right choice. Verse 15, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you 
in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over to the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. So, when you see the presentation, life and death, blessing and cursing, but we are instructed, yes, even more forcefully, we are commanded to choose life, to choose the blessing, to choose to serve God. And my friends, it simply comes down to that. It's just a choice. (laughs) It is a choice we all make. And you always want to make those choices, especially uh, do not delay a moment when the anointing is there, when the presence of God is there, and light an illumin, which is illumination from the word breaks forth. The entrance of God's word always brings light. And when that light breaks forth through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, uh, your heart can be like, like cement. And it's, and it's, uh, when the cement is, let's say you're making a sidewalk and you dig out some soil and you, you, you direct the path that you're going to dig out and you frame it in or frame it out with boards and uh, then you pour the cement in, but the cement is wet. And then you could get it real smooth on top. You want to make sure no dogs or kitty cats walk on it or no kids uh, put their feet in it. And uh, it's all uh, moldable and pliable. But after a while, and it only takes a few hours, it will begin to set. So when you make your choices in the Lord with the tender heart, you are now established that can become concrete and you will begin to walk that out and live in the blessing and live in the life that God has for you. Now on the negative side of that, if you say, well, you know, Lord, today is not a good day to make this decision for me. I obviously see the instruction, the commandment. I know what you're telling me to do, but I'm going to put it off a little bit longer Then what can happen is that in that moment, where there is illumination, where you do hear the word revealed in a way that you can clearly understand, but you delay and you put that off, then what happens is that area of your heart can become cemented. And now you may think, well, I'll just change in two weeks. I'll change in a month. One day I'll give my life to the Lord. But now you can, you can be in a place where there's a hardness and it's not like you can just switch that on and off. And that's why you always want to really work with the Holy Spirit when he is working with you. You know, it is a true story that uh, I think it was the year 1962, if I'm correct. And Dr. Billy Graham was at a hotel and he woke up in the middle of the night with a tremendous burden for the Hollywood actress, Marilyn Monroe. And he began to pray for her and intercede for her, but the burden wouldn't lift. So uh, later in the morning when he woke up and the day started, he called 
her office and got a hold of one of the agents, and they basically said, well, it's impossible to meet with her. And he said, well, I, I must meet with her. I have something to share with her. And uh, uh, I'm not sure exactly of, uh, how the full story unfolded, but the, the gist of the story is that she put him off. Uh, she basically said, well, you know, let's, let's talk uh, more about this in about two weeks. I've got so much going on. I'm real busy right now. But, you know, within one week, she was dead, and she would not receive the man of God. She would not receive the message of the good news that Jesus died for her sins. And there is a, uh, there's a way to receive forgiveness and eternal life. She would not receive it. And so these are things that when we have the ability to choose God, which is to choose life. You always want to choose going on with the Lord. You know, I heard the testimony of a lady that was encouraging a young woman to serve God and would always try to minister to her. And one day this young woman was getting in the car by herself to go somewhere. And the older Christian woman said, she said, oh, my friend, wherever you go, always invite God into the car with you. And the lady got real mad, and the young, younger lady got mad and cussed and said, I don't want God in my car. She said, if God ever came into my car, I'd tell him to go sit in the trunk. I'd let him, I'd force him to go into the, tr into the trunk. She said, I don't want God in my car. And the older lady said, I really wish you would consider Jesus. And she said, I don't want anything to do with Jesus. And she drove off. And it was about two hours later when the older lady was informed that that young woman had gotten into a car wreck and she was, she was instantly killed and the car was crushed, except the officers and those on the scene, the paramedics said it's the most unusual thing. The car has been smashed to pieces. The lady has been killed, but the trunk is completely untouched. And then that wasn't, that wasn't all of the story. They said there was a crate of eggs for some reason that she had in the trunk of the car and not one egg was broken in the trunk. Well, I'd rather ride with God in the trunk than go uh, anywhere without him. Praise God. But my friends, the choice, this, this is our ability and these choices have great repercussions, and we're going to make the right choices today. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, as we are making the choice to pursue the Lord, we are making the choice to be spiritual. We are making the choice to push out of the shallow waters and go on out into the deep. Woo! Praise God. Amen. And so let's go over now to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And now we're dropping down to verse 13. The apostle Paul said, therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Verse 15. What is the conclusion then? I will pray. Notice the choice that he's making. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to read through these verses uh, in just a moment, but let me say this. Uh, the church has progressed a lot within the last 100 years, even within the last 70 years. Um, what would take place, even if you went back 
oh, even almost 50 years within the church, uh, within the what we would call Pentecost or charismatic type churches, churches that believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit, signs, wonders, miracles, all of that. Back in those days, it was pretty much thought that if you were going to speak in tongues, there had to be some type of sovereign move of God. And when the Spirit came upon you, then you could receive that touch, and then you could speak in tongues, and you could really let it fly. And they thought, well, that was, that was dramatic. But then after that anointing lifted, they thought, well, everything goes back to normal, and you can't do it anymore. Well, we know that that's, that mindset was not a biblical, correct, theological uh, interpretation of Scripture. You can speak in tongues as a Spirit-filled believer anytime you want to. Now, it may not be the gift of tongues. Paul said not everyone, of course, has uh, the gift of tongues, but that's different. That's for the public assembly, and that would also require the gift of interpretation of tongues, and that's, that's a little bit of a different subject. But as far as the tongues, which go along with your Baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is for your personal edification, you can you can pray in tongues anytime you want to. You can speak in tongues. You can you can sing in tongues. Uh, you, all you have to do is just choose to do it. Just like you can choose to go get a drink of water. Uh, it really is that simple. And that understanding, which the early church clearly understood, that understanding began to come back into the church uh, much more strongly about 50 years ago. And then we begin to realize that uh, we don't have to just wait around for some sovereign uh, move of God, that what already belongs to us, we can go ahead and step into it and enjoy it. And that a lot of that just comes out of your choice to do it. Paul said, I will pray with the Holy Spirit, excuse me, with the Spirit. He didn't need God's permission. He already had God's permission, and so do you. I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. So this is very, very good to know that you can develop yourself spiritually by uh, praying in the Spirit, by singing in the Spirit, and then by uh, interpreting it out in your native tongue, whether you want to interpret it out in words or even sometimes sing out uh, the interpretation that you sang in the Spirit. But it's just a choice of sitting down and saying, I'm, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do this. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. So, these are liberties and freedoms we have in the Lord, but we must use them and exercise them. Now, let's go over to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. I'm talking about choice, and one choice that you're going to have to make up your mind regarding is the topic that I want to cover next. This is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. I want to talk about the choice to fight. Woo! Praise the Lord. And this is where we're at right now in many areas uh, within the body of Christ. It is uh, something that we have to rise up and do. And of course, I'm talking about spiritual warfare here. Let's take a look at this also in 1 Timothy chapter 6, and this would be verse 12. 
fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. My friends, faith is a weapon of spiritual war. And of course, if you were in a natural war, you would also want to be fighting in faith as well. Praise God. But we're not, uh, as Paul said, in this case, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we're engaging the principalities and the powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world, wicked spirits and high places. So you're going to have to be in faith because all of the blessings of God are, they're packaged for delivery by faith. And you're going to have to use your faith. Praise the Lord. So if you, if you're going to have a desire to win, and I know you do in these various areas of your life, then realize that so often you're going to have to fight for it. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Now here's something interesting. Um, as, as of yet, and I'm, I'm just trusting God's grace to continue on because I lean on it heavily. Uh, as of yet, I have not had COVID. I have not had, uh, I, I just uh, chose, my wife and I have chose not to take, you know, the, you know, the, all, all of this stuff. I've chosen not to do that. Okay. So I need to let you know that I haven't, I haven't had a cold or the flu or, or any of that uh, stuff uh, for years. I can't even really remember when the last time I had a cold, but that doesn't mean that the enemy has not tried to put it on me. And I realize that it, it can be a whopper, not only uh, if it comes in as a cold, but also if it turns into that respiratory problem, that's the one that really hits people. Uh, and that's where it gets into the danger zone. But you know what? Um, anytime the enemy has attacked me with symptoms, I fight. And that's a choice I make. I don't just sit back and say, oh, well, you know, maybe I should uh, do this or that. Well, I already know what to do, which is to lean on the word and trust the word and walk with the Lord. But my friends, I need to let you know that I'm a fighter against symptoms and against sickness and disease. If it tries to tangle with me or tries to show up, which symptoms have done at times, then I go into fight mode immediately. I do a couple of things. Uh, let me just share with you what I do. And I you re- remember when I do this, I'm doing this by faith. So it, it's not like it just works because it's a formula. It works for me because I'm using my faith. So I do primarily two things. First thing I do, if I get hit by a symptom such as cold or flu, number one, I take a zinc tablet. Soon as I take it, I start praying in tongues nonstop for one hour, real strong nonstop speaking in tongues, praying in tongues for one hour. Then after an hour, I'll stop and I'll take another zinc tablet and then I'll go pray in tongues for another hour. By the second hour, I've never had a symptom ever survive past the second hour. Just praying in tongues. Nobody's forcing me to do it. No doctor gave me a prescription and said, this is how you overcome it. That's just what I do. I fight. I refuse to let that junk come on me. Woo. Praise God. And you're going to have to learn how to use the blood of Jesus as a weapon against 
these satanic attacks. And that's what I do. I plead the blood of Jesus and I speak in tongues and I, I talk in tongues. And like I said, I'll do it for an hour, take another uh, zinc tablet and then go another hour in tongues. Boom, boom. And just keep on going after that walking in health. And I've had various symptoms tried to attach themselves onto me because, uh, you know, with this, uh, with these types of things, they're everywhere. They're in the air. I had a person working at my home the other day and, uh, uh, working away. Didn't seem like he was feeling too good. And the next morning, uh, he said, well, pastor Stephen, um, he said, I'm sorry to let you know, I can't come in today. I've got COVID. <laughs> so he had it, you know, previously that obviously the day before and was touching everything in the house as he's working and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he got, got hit with it pretty good, but it's not like I'm hiding in a bubble. I'm saying I'm aware that these things are out there, but I, uh, I just want you to know, my friends, that you have to fight for your inheritance. You have to fight for your biblical rights. Woo! Praise God. Mm-mm. And by the way, there are some things that if you don't fight for them, yeah, it could kill you. There are a few things out there, and uh, we've seen a lot of good people succumb to various things, and it doesn't mean perhaps they didn't have faith, but... I am saying that when you know the promises and you, you're a real fighter and you're not waiting to the last minute until you're about to croak and, you know, fall over, but the moment it touches you, you engage it, then, um, uh, you're going to win as long as you never quit and you stick with that fight. Um, I think one of the reasons is that some, they don't win the fight is they, they don't have the ammunition. They don't know what the ammunition is. They don't know where the armor is at. They simply don't know what to do. And that stuff, whatever it might be, comes in and hits them with such force, it sends them reeling. And by the time they find out, sometimes they are so far behind the curve that unless there's like a miracle, then, uh, you know, it, it might be the end of the line. But I'm talking to those who are serious about their walk with the Lord. And I'm wanting to infuse you today with the faith uh, of making that choice to fight in faith. Woo! Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Let's take a look at this for a moment. This is Deuteronomy chapter 2. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Praise God. You know, I was was on the line... uh, Let's see, this was last Friday night, teaching to those in the underground Chinese church, a lot of leaders. Um, I, I asked those that were, that were watching to raise their hand. I said, if you're in ministry, raise your hand. And it was amazing how many hands went up. So uh, these would be leaders and many others that, of course, that are just really hungry for the Lord. Uh, but when we go to pray in tongues together, and I lead them in, in the praying of tongues. I'll tell you what, it's like liquid fire. You're talking about a people that know how to fight. <laughs> Praise God. Kind of reminds me of the South Koreans a little bit. When you have a martial art as your national sport, uh, there, there will always be a militant side to you that you're not an easy pushover. <laughs> so uh, I do love that element of the Chinese uh, Christians. They, uh, they know who they are in the Lord, and they could be under a heavy hand of persecution, uh, but they know, they know in the spirit how to fight. 
And uh, well, we got in the prayer just briefly there tonight. It, it was like liquid fire. Woo, praise God. Now we're over in Deuteronomy chapter 2. Let's go to verse 24. Rise, take your journey, and cross over the river Arnon. Look, I have given into your hand. Now this look, I've given, given it into your hand is a faith statement. So far, it has not been walked out. So far, it has not been executed. It is a promise. It's yours for the taking, but there's only one way to take it, and that's a fight. Look, I have given into your hand Sihon, the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land begin to possess it. And watch this, engage him in battle. Pastor Stephen, uh, I'm, I'm more of the side of David that likes to sit down and play a harp by the river. And I'm more of a Psalm 23 type Christian where I just want to lay down on the green grass and let the water run next to me. And I just want to pet a little cute lamb. That's the kind of Christian I am. <laughs> and I can understand that. But don't forget, David had other sides of his character. And one of those was the mighty warrior of Israel. And he killed bad guys. He killed God haters. He killed people that he went up in war against. He was a killer. Watch out. <laughs> and so uh, you have to understand that about David, that he understood that anointing and that anointing came from who? The Holy Spirit. So it's God empowering him to kill. Woo! Praise the Lord. There is an anointing for war. There is an anointing to fight, to get into the spirit and say, this thing is not in the name of Jesus going to defeat, to defeat me. It is not going to beat me. This thing is not coming on my body. It has no legal right or authority to come on my body. And in the name of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, I rebuke this filth and command it to get off of me in the name of Jesus. And you fight and you fight Woo! And, uh, and you fight it hard all out in faith and it can't stay. It can't stay. Woo! Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you must be willing to engage him in battle. Let me just say that with uh, your high calling, your destiny, there's always going to be some form of Sihon trying to hang over it, hover over it, and prevent you from coming into it. Pastor Stephen, what am I going to do? Well, uh, well, it's not the time for a church picnic. It's time to get out your sword. It is time to stand on the word of God and go in the battle. Praise God and pray and secure the victory that rightfully belongs to you. Praise the Lord. Verse 32 then Sihon and all his people came out against us to fight at Jahaz. And the Lord our God delivered him over to us. So we defeated him, his sons, and all his people. It was an absolute total wipeout. And God is able to give you the same victory. God wants to reveal his power through you, but you must be willing to trust him. And you must also understand that there are some things that unless you jump in there and engage in battle, you could lose the battle. And then some Christians sit around and they say, why, why did God let this happen to me? Well, sometimes it's because of lack of engagement. And we see that sadly in Psalm 78. Let's briefly take a look at that. 
Psalm 78 and verse 9. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. You know, you're, you're all dressed for battle, and you talk about your weapons, and uh, you talk about uh, your knowledge of this and that. And when it came time to actually go for it, they, uh, they just chickened out. Uh, now, later, later um, Joshua is going to help to fix this. But what we see right here uh, is an absolute collapse of that tribe and their fighting men. And so fear hit them, panic hit Uh, hit them, confusion hit them, and what should be hitting the enemy uh, hit them. But my friends, you're going to have to fight in faith, in faith. It is a choice that you make. I I understand it can be difficult for some to engage this dimension of the Christian walk. You know, my my grandmother on my mom's side was always a very small lady, uh, maybe like five foot two, and she she, uh, weighed... um, I don't even know if she weighed 100 pounds, a very tiny little lady. And she said to me one day, she said, Stephen, I don't, I don't see how you watch that football. She said, that game terrifies me. All these gigantic men jumping on one man, carrying the ball. She said, and you know, you have uh, the time when, the, let's say the running back gets tackled and everybody jumps on top trying to stop him. She said, I don't even see how the guy at the bottom of the pile can live through something like that. So she was terrified of what she perceived as, in many ways, accurately, a violent sport that's based upon violent impact. <laughs> and that's, that, that is in some reasons why people watch it, because <laughs> of the tremendous collisions. It's the collisions often that make the highlights. So uh, she, was very, um, she was very terrified of that. But, but the reality is, for the guys in the game, is that once you get hit a few times, you can acclimate to that. I knew I used to know the guy that was the quarterback for the Chicago Bears, and he said, Stephen, he said there were times I had I would have men that weighed over three hundred pounds just hit me full force, run over me, lay on you know not only hit me, tackle me, then they're going to land on top of you when they drive you into the ground. But he said there was a point where I could just get up, you know, because you're young, you're strong, and he was huge himself. He was like six foot eight, uh, and and real big. But the thing is, is that once you get hit, you could have all these nerves and all this. You could be jittery, but the moment, boom, there's like a, the, the battle begins and there's an impact. Suddenly you relax and you're like, okay, well, I'm in the middle of it now. You've already sacked me once. I'm not, I'm not afraid of it anymore. So I'm all relaxed. And that's usually when they start getting in sync and teams kind of, you know, now they start to kind of go back and forth. But this is something that we need to just get relaxed in the battle and let the devil know, hey, we're not backing off and we're here to stand our ground based upon God's word and we're going to pray and we're going to plead the blood of Jesus and we're not going away. You know, uh, it's sometimes it's just the it's just the heart, the fight that can make the difference because even in the natural kingdom of animals, you can see like uh, something like a porcupine. Uh, like in Africa, a porcupine being harassed by a, a lion or a cheetah, and the the little porcupine is tremendously outweighed. He's obviously uh, out strengthened uh, in the sense that he can't match the power of a male lion, outweighed out everything. But here's the porcupine's great strength. He's like, look, if you're gonna want to make me your next lunch. I'm going to do the best I can to make this the most awful moment of your life. So that even if you do kill me, 
you're going to be so miserable, you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. <laughs> and often, he can be so per- persuasive that he's never even eaten. And he can just unleash a full quiver of those quills and just cover the lion or the cheetah's face. And those things shoot in. You know, some of those quills are like that long. <laughs> and they're shooting in. And then they don't just shoot in and stick. They, they, they could actually cause now all these infections once they stick in there. Uh, extremely uh, dangerous animal. And they can just unload those, those quills in a very accurate way. So we need to have a, a fighting spirit. And, you know, I have a martial arts background. And I, I've left that behind and, you know, years back. But it was something that I was in for, in for years. And I was, I was deep into it and, uh, you know, advanced through the ranks and did all of that and fall in tournaments all over the place. And it seemed like almost every, every weekend I was in another martial art uh, tournament where you're having another Spartan competition. And I fought guys not only in my uh, art that I was in, but all kinds of arts, all kinds of karate guys from all, you know, all the different uh, karate uh, type styles to uh, different Japanese styles to Aikido, this or that or the other. And uh, the, what we would call martial arts was still just barely coming forth then. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu was uh, coming online pretty strong. But the thing is, is that you could look at that and you could realize, wow, that's really violent. And it is. But for the guys that are in it, once you're hit a few times, it's a, let me say this, it's a, it's a very strange feeling to be hit in the mouth real hard if you've never had that happen, <laughs> and I hope you never do. But once it's happened, there can be something that clicks, and I know that's what happened in me in the early stages of martial arts. Something clicked in me, and all the fear just completely left me. And uh, I, I actually look forward the most to not so much the training or going through all the, uh, the exercises, but I always look forward the most to the sparring because once you've been hit, knocked down, knocked out, or knocked around, uh, you're not afraid. You're not afraid of anybody or it doesn't matter their size or anything like that. And just like it can be in the animal kingdom, it can be the same way also that in the real world scenario, you have to fight with rules. Even what we would call MMA when, you know, it's pretty much uh, anything goes, it's not because they have to have rules or else people can be hurt really bad. But in real life, let's say on the streets, if your life is in danger, there are no rules except your survival. That's why I've always liked Krav Maga, and I've studied some of that, the Israeli self-defense, because their mindset of the Jewish mindset is that normally you're outnumbered. It's not you against one other person. It's usually you against 10. And so Krav Maga is not only surviving but being able to exit quickly because you're always outnumbered. But uh, in that type of sport, or I wouldn't call it a sport, it's, it's way beyond sport. Um, but in that form of martial art, it's a different way of thinking. Because when you have to survive, anything goes. There's no rule when somebody's trying to kill you that says you can't bite. <laughs> Because <laughs> you can, <laughs> and you, you you'd be surprised how strong your jaws actually are. If you have to fight and you're trying to survive, yeah, you can bite. You can bite the guy's ear. You can bite the guy's finger. You can gouge his eyes. You can do things that can cause uh, severe harm to the person, even if they're bigger, even if they're stronger. There's um, there's always a way to win, but a lot of that is attitude. A lot of that is a fighting spirit that says, "I'm not quitting." 
And if you're going to come engage me, this is going to be a bad day for you. Amen. Because there is the side of God rising up in you of that fighter side. God says, I'm a warrior. And I tell you what, it, it can, it can ignite you like you're on fire sometimes. I mean, you get in prayer sometimes it's like there's like fire being poured through you against the, the strategy of the enemy that's trying to block you out of what you're supposed to come into. And sometimes you've got to jump in on things. I remember one time that my wife and I were buying a certain property. Everything was going good. God had done a miracle in the sense where it was agreed to with the seller. And everything's going good. Everything seems right on paper. But I had a feeling in my spirit until it's signed. We sit down and sign the papers. And it's registered. It's not over yet. And then right at the last minute, uh, the, the seller wanted to back out. And I, I said, I knew it. I said, Lord, I knew the enemy was up to something. So what did I do? Engage, engage in prayer, begin to pray, call the realtor and say, Hey, look, go talk, go talk to the uh, seller's realtor. Uh, let's, let's get this smoothed out. Uh, whatever's caused him to want to pull out uh, or change his mind. And I just began to pray. Kelly began to pray. And the next thing you know, he's back into it. He's like, Oh yeah. I, the seller's like, yeah, I think this is what I want to do after all. Yeah, this is the right thing. And boom, it's done. The miracle's done. Woo. Hallelujah. Everything's signed. And then you know, no, but I, there's been many blessings I would have lost if I had not made the choice. I wasn't forced to do it, but I made the choice to get in there and with faith begin to fight in the spirit to win this thing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I could tell you some more stories about my uh, fighting days, but I don't. I don't want to present too much of a of an image that would be unpleasant, praise God. But I've seen broken bones. I've seen guys knocked out completely cold. I've never been knocked out, although I do know what it's like to be completely um, stopped. I had a I had a fourth degree black belt hit me in the chest one time, and he probably weighed fifty pounds more than I did. But at that time, also, I was I could I could bench press way over a hundred pounds over my own body weight. I was, I was real strong at that time, but he hit me so hard in my chest that I, com- I wasn't knocked out, but I completely collapsed. It like shut everything down in me. And, um, cause there's a certain place you can hit somebody and it's a flip switch. <laughs> well, he hit me right there and down I went. I could hardly move for a while. But I've seen many of these types of things. But my friends, whether it's sports or a real life survival things, a lot of this comes down to uh, your willingness to not lose and to say, I'm, I'm here to fight. If the devil's going to try to engage me in this or the devil's going to try to get in here and mess with my money, then I'm going to get in here and pray and I'm, I'm going to fight this. Now, let me say this, just because you're a tither, and just because you give offerings and just because you leave a life or, or live a life that's pleasing to the Lord doesn't mean that the devil is not going to try to get in there and sometimes uh, mess around and do stuff. The moment you see anything happening where the enemy is trying to touch something that does not belong to him, your health, your body, your finances, or whatever it might be, jump in there, begin to pray, find out what the area is, find out what the issue is, and begin to pray and resist the devil and say, oh, no, 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 Mr. Devil. I know that you're a thief and a liar, and you are absolutely not coming in here and messing with my finances. I plead the blood of Jesus over my money, over my finances, 
And devil, get out. I serve Jehovah Jireh. Get out with your lack and your poverty and all of your garbage and baggage of sickness and disease. Take it and get out of here and fight and war in the spirit. Woo! Praise God. Amen. Amen. Be willing to engage the Sihons that would try to block you. They're, they're out there. They're out there in the spirit. They would try to work through those sometimes that uh, don't even know that you're yielding to an evil power, but you're going to have to get in the spirit and work against those things. Use the blood of Jesus every time to smash these uh, diabolical uh, engagements with the enemy. Use the blood of Jesus against your enemy. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So you can choose to serve the Lord. You can choose to fight. You can choose to pray in the spirit anytime you want to. You can choose to be spiritual. You can choose to get up early and pray. Pastor Stephen, I'm going to need 10 alarm clocks. No, you don't need that. Just set one and say, I choose to get up in the morning and I'm getting up early and praying and I'm just going to do it. And that's it. That settles it. And when the clock goes off or you might even wake up, uh, a few minutes early and give God praise for that. Because that's the Lord doing that to help you out. Then just get up. And that's all it, that's all it is to it. Well, pastor Stephen, I thought I'd need 12 horses to pull me out of bed. No, you just need to choose to do it. That's all there is. Woo. Praise God. Somebody is getting delivered and set free right now. Somebody you've been harassed by, uh, that little bitty cigarette. Oh, it only weighs maybe an ounce. It's not even, it's not even what, three inches long, but that little thing has been dominating you. But right now you can choose, you can choose to apply the blood of Jesus against that craving and not, and not just know uh, God's pardoning grace to forgive sin, but God's grace to completely take the desire and craving away. If that's you, lift your hand. Heavenly Father, I pray for that person right now. I pray that that desire uh, to crave a nicotine-type product, whether it's an e-cigarette, whether it's a vape, or whether it's a tobacco product, let that desire be removed and shattered right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and let grace be released. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. Make that choice right now. I'll never go back. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now remember, these are moments. We're having a moment right now where the cement, it's not hard. God's working on hearts right now. You can make some choices right now and you can lock in with God on some things right now. Hallelujah. And then that cement will harden as it's supposed to. And then what happens? You're now set in the right path because you made the right choice. Woo. Praise the Lord. God's moving. God's moving right now. Now, be a sweet person, be a loving person, be a nice person. But when it comes to the devil messing with you or your stuff, then be a fighter. Praise God. You, you're going to have to have that element of, of faith manifest it through you. There's something about faith where it, it's a weapon and it's very, very bold and it's very powerful. And you're going to have to use that shield of faith. Um, some theologians have said that the, that the shield of faith is actually the only defensive piece of uh, armory, but it's not just defensive. Yes, it's there to block these darts of the enemy, but the shield, the Roman soldier could take that shield and just smash it in the face of the other adversary. If the other guy's swinging his sword and he blocks it with his sword, he can take that shield and also use it as an offensive weapon. Remember, when you're fighting for your life, 
when you're standing on the promises and the enemy stowing, and by the way, the enemy pay, plays dirty, then it's not like there's, you know, certain rules. Uh, you, you can, you can use any of the equipment that God gives you to take the enemy out. Praise God. And if it's, if it's a real thing, I'm talking like biting, scratching, all of that, you know, gouge, all of that. <laughs> I had an old Korean master instructor. He taught me some of those things. He said, this is what you do. He said, I'm not talking stuff. I'm teaching the class. This was after the class. He said, this is what you do in real life street situations. And he didn't, he's not talking then about roundhouse kicks or stuff like that. He's talking about things that, uh, that uh, you can't walk after it's done to you. This, this is not the stuff you can do. Um, in uh, competition, this is survival skills. This is how you take somebody out that's really trying to hit, hurt you or kill you. This is how you maim them. This is how you have to do this if you want to live. Praise God. So, my friends, we have to we have to have that same spirit of faith. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands, Heavenly Father. I pray for those that are watching today that all of their choices be Bible based. Holy Spirit-led choices. And I thank you, Father. I see the spirit of victory coming upon your people because even those that are in, uh, there would be some that are watching today that have some chains. They're rising up today and they're saying, oh no, no more. I'm going to start to fight this with everything I have at it. Now, Father, we give you praise. They're going free. They're going free in the name of Jesus because you're, you're fighting with them. You're fighting for them. And the devil's not strong enough. There's no demon in hell. There's no horde of hell that can stand against your power when you come on the scene. So, Father, we thank you that you fight with us and for us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Let me talk uh, just for a moment to those of you that would not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior you don't want to fight against God. You might think, well, Pastor Stephen, I've never done that. I don't know God, but I certainly don't fight against him. Well, you need to, you need to get your life right with God because there's only two kingdoms, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And it's time to move out of the kingdom of darkness and make the choice today to come into the kingdom of light. Okay, so those of you that you are ready to make that choice to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer right now. Say, Jesus, come into my heart, wash all of my sins away. I give my life to you. I surrender fully to you. Jesus, write my name in your book of life and teach me how to fight the good fight of faith. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me from the enemy. Thank you for saving me from darkness. I give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. And he saved it. You know he has. You know he has saved your soul. Praise God forever. Amen. I'd like to hear from you. Email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org, those of you that have prayed the prayer of salvation. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord today. Now let's take Holy Communion together. Grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. 
Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. I'm a very peaceful person. Um, somebody cuts me off in traffic. I, I endeavor to walk in the spirit and just pray for them. I say, well, Lord, maybe they're in a hurry. <laughs> Who knows? Let them, Lord, I just let them go, you know. Um, but even walking in the peace of the Lord, there's a fighter. There is a fighter in me. And that's, that's that part of me that God ignited one day in a good way. I can actually, I can actually tell you the day it, ha- it came alive in me. I, I knew two guys when I was in elementary school. Uh, one of them was always bigger than all the rest of us boys because I think he had failed a few years. And so he was older than me and the other, so he was bigger physically. And, uh, and uh, another guy that actually went to my uh, local church that I also went to, but he had a wild streak in him. Well, anyhow, I kind of looked up to those two guys. They were always kind of like cool or, you know, they're always kind of, uh, um, they were just different. And I kind of wanted to be their friend, although I knew they, they probably weren't living very good. And I was being raised in a Christian home. Well, one day I talked to them and I said, hey, I'd like to I'd like to, uh, you know, like be like in your club. They had this little club. And they said, oh, you want to be in the club? I said, yeah, I want to be in the club. Now, if I remember correctly, this was, I think, fifth grade. And uh, so they said, okay, uh, during lunch, come down to the school basement and meet us in the, in, the, in the boys' bathroom. I said, okay. And I went down there. And uh, when I got there, they're in the, the basement school of the school in the boys' bathroom, and they had a... They had a, a like one of those big fi- illegal firecrackers. I think it's called like an M- M80 or something like that, which uh, they're were, they were taking it. They're going to light it and throw it in the toilet and then run out. They're going to blow the toilet to pieces. And they said, now, you're going you're gonna to be the one that's going to do it. <laughs> and I said, well, I don't want to do that because they're going to find out who did it. They said, hey, you want to be in the club? I said, well, yeah, I want to be in the club, but I don't want to do something like that. They said, okay, then we have to take you first. Then if you don't do that, we're going to take you through the initiation. And so they, uh, we walked into one of the, the boys' stalls, and they closed the door. So they're in this little stall with me, and they, they said, uh, one looked at the other. The big guy looked at the other, and he said, Jim, are we ready to initiate Stephen into the club? And I, I, I just suddenly knew they're about to beat me up. Uh, and uh, the, the moment he did that while he was looking at the other guy, God flipped the fighting switch in me. And I knew I better do something or they're going to beat me up. So what I did is I turned to the smaller guy without saying anything. I hit him as hard as I could right in the stomach and it knocked all the wind out of him. And when the big guy saw me do that, it shocked him. And then I hit him. Uh, in the groin area and then hit him in the stomach. And now they're kind of both been over. And then I just started hitting them all over and pushed them and ran out of there and never got invited to the club after that. <laughs> but they never bothered me. They never messed with me after that. And uh, they both went on to be uh, first class losers in life. My friends, God, by the Holy Spirit living in you, uh, wants you to have that fighting spirit while you're as as gentle as a dove. Woo, praise the Lord. Yet wise as a serpent and also able to able to rise up in faith and fight for what is rightfully yours in Christ. Praise God. One one of the most pitiful things is to see a fighter turn around in the ring and turn his back on the opponent because that means he quits and gives up. So stand and fight. 
Praise the Lord. Let the devil know you're not any kind of a pushover. <laughs> Sometimes people look at my life and they think, Pastor Stephen, everything comes easy for you. You, you know, uh, God's, God's hand is on your life and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're blessed in these various areas. My friends, I have to fight. I'm on the same planet. I live on the same planet that you do. <laughs> I just use my faith, but I, I use it sometimes in a fighting type faith behind the scenes in prayer, uh, standing on the word to see that it goes the way it's supposed to go. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. Through this prayer, we consecrate it. That is, we set it apart as being holy through this prayer in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. This is now the, the, the body and the blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we thank you that you entrusted us with so much freedom where we can choose. We can choose our own destiny, but you commanded us the choice that we're supposed to make. Choose life. Oh God, we choose you. We choose your word, your statutes, your judgments, your commandments, everything having to do with you. We choose you. And Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we thank you that these decisions are solidifying us to walk in the fullness of all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm thinking about a story I read about two weeks ago. Uh, for those of um, you that would live in South Africa, and we do have some online church members and ministry partners in South Africa, uh, you, I'm sure you're aware that Johannesburg is the car capital, uh, hijacking capital of the world. If you have a car in South Africa, Johannesburg, seems like everybody that out there that's a bad guy wants to steal your car or, or, or come up to you with a gun and, uh, you know, take all your possessions out of your car while you're, even if you're in it. Well, true story. This one lady, uh, had a, fr she's driving the car. She has a friend over in the front passenger seat. And she said, a guy came up to the window while she stopped and pointed a gun at her and said, put your window down and give me your cell phone. Both of you give me your cell phones. And she said she started to reach for her cell phone, and her friend's already beginning to hand her cell phone over uh, so that she can pass it out to him. And while she was doing that, suddenly she stopped, and she got mad. She looked at, at that guy and said, in the name of Jesus, I will not give you my cell phone. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. Now, she's not just using that name as some kind of like a mystical formula. She knows Jesus. She is a child of God. And she knows there's power in that name. And she said, we will not give you these phones. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Get out of here. And she said, he stopped and put the gun down and just smiled and laughed and, and walked off. Walked off. Wow. But you can't do that if you're not a fighter. And you can't fight if you don't know who's with you in the fight. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Let there be removed any from any guy, any effeminate spirit that would run. Oh, Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you. There are heroes and heroines in the Bible. Thank you, Father, 
that these people accomplished these victories through faith. It was choice. While others were running and fleeing, they were fighting. We thank you, Father God. Jonathan advanced on the troops all by himself, just he and his armor bearer. <laughs> and Lord, you were with him. And he started cutting them down. Mm-mm. Thank you, Father, for the fighting spirit, the spirit of faith. Thank you, Father God, for the blood of Jesus, cleansing us from all sin. Let the blood of Jesus go right now, Father, through our minds, through every cell of our body. We rebuke every form of sickness and disease in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that you said in your word with long life, will I satisfy them and show them my salvation. So, Father, we just thank you that these difficulties in the earth of these viruses and these plagues or whatever it might be, they can't take us out because we have blood covenant with you. We plead the blood. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus against every form of sickness that would try to attack our bodies. Father, as the Jewish people put the blood over the doorpost, we thank you. We put the blood over our hearts, over our lives. And we celebrate today the blood of Jesus. We proclaim his death until he comes. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the medicine from heaven. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Glory. 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 Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory to God. True story. A guy walked into a church in Texas uh, some years back with the gun, grabbed one of the ladies in the church and put the gun to her head and began walking down the aisle. This happened during an intercessory prayer meeting. Bad time for uh, a devil-possessed person to do this. And he's walking down the aisle, grabbed a lady, puts his gun to her head, and he's getting closer and closer to the pastor. And one guy, the, the biggest guy in the church, a bodybuilder, got up in, in terror, ran out of the church. The ladies got hit, got touched with a spirit of power, and they begin to fight in the faith. They all begin to pray in the spirit and plead the blood of Jesus. The guy takes the gun from the lady's head and points at the pastor. Boom, fires. Boom, 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 boom. Right at him. Not one shot hit him. Not one. True story. Amen. The guy got arrested. And Jesus, uh, he just did it again. Gave, gave the victory to his people. Praise God. But you have to fight have to fight the fight of faith. Mm, 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 mm. Back the enemy off. Hallelujah. All right. It's time to take out uh, King Sihon and finish him off and get him out of the way. God's already said, go up and take the land that's yours. There he is. He's all, I've already given him to you. Now go, go engage him in battle. So it's time to do that because the victory has already been assured. Go take it. God bless you. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back. Woo. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. I just hear some instructions coming in. I hear some instructions coming in for property. There are some right now that property, uh, the acquirement, the purchase of property is right on. It's on the ropes. Hallelujah. Get in there. Hallelujah. And continue to engage in, in prayer in the spirit. Amen. 
until it is completed because it's real close. But the enemy is trying to trying to do his thing again. So get in there and pray it through. Woo, praise the Lord. All right, so Father, we thank you for the victory. <laughs> Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. It's like hit the, hit the enemy a few more times with the sword. You've almost got him. Praise God. Father, we give you praise. Amen. See you next time.